The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. This is Jim Shapiro filling in for Vena Jones-Cox. On, guess what special day this is? This is Vina's birthday. So Vina is, uh, as far as I know, 29 and holding. Uh, she is traveling this week once again uh, across the, the local region doing presentations about the 2012 National New Strategies Summit sponsored by the Ohio Real Estate Investor Association that's going to be held November 8th to 11th at the Great Wolf Lodge in Cincinnati. Uh, there's a look at OhioConvention.com, oh, excuse me, OreaConference.com uh, for more information about the uh, uh, OREA event. Uh, it's always a great event. We have a, a, a lot of really good speakers, including the speaker who's on the radio with me today. Uh, this is an interesting market we're in right now. Uh, it's probably the greatest time to buy investment real estate in modern history. Real estate is on sale all across the country. When you're buying property to hold, uh, or the buy and hold strategy, it basically means you're a landlord, uh, or I prefer the term rental property owner. Uh, and the key to making money on your rental properties means doing things effectively. There's more than a few things to learn in landlording. I manage 150 rentals for my clients, so I've got a little experience in that. And you can learn it a few ways. You can learn it at the School of Hard Knocks. You can stumble along and learn things. You can go to your Real Estate Investor Association and get some training and support. And there's some wonderful systems out there. And our guest today is a gentleman, Mike Butler, who has been landlording for a number of years. He got into this through, uh, he was, a, I believe, a police officer, a detective, and got some rental property. And now he's working full-time in his real estate. He will be in Cincinnati. We're going to talk about his property management or his rental landlording system today. Uh, he'll be here on October 18th, Thursday, at the Cincinnati RIA meeting, our standard bi-monthly general membership meeting, where he'll be talking about his landlording on autopilot systems. And he'll be giving a full-day workshop the following week, October 27th on Saturday. There's information about those both those events on the CincinnatiRIA.com website. Mike will also be at the new National New Strategies Summit in November, being held at the Great Wolf Lodge, where he'll be talking about a, another uh, service he, or system he offers on uh, using QuickBooks to manage your properties and make more money when you do. I've learned some great things from Mike. Uh, I've learned the key to having more than 100% rent collections from Mike, and that's great. Uh, nothing my clients like more or I like more than bringing in more than 100% of the annual rent. So, Mike, are you there? 
Yes, I am, Jim. Man, that was a wonderful introduction. Well, That's thank you. Cool. Well, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. We're happy to have you today. Uh, Thanks for having me on, and uh, and I'm looking forward to helping out as many of your listeners and investors who are on the call today. Wonderful. So, Mike, I know your focus is on having a system to manage your rentals. What do you What do you think is the key to that? What is uh? Why do you tell us a little bit about about it, and I've got a whole slew of questions we can follow up with. But why don't you give us a quick overview of your system and your approach? Well, here's here's kind of like the 90-second, if I can pull it off that fast elevator story. You know, I, I grew up on the poor side of town, and I'm the oldest of seven kids, and didn't have any mentors. None of my schoolmates' parents were doctors, attorneys, or the other. They were blue-collar workers working in a factory. And so just never got exposed to real true success as you and I know it today. And so I wanted something to kind of bust out of that bubble. And so I got a job at the police department and I became a detective and had a great work ethic instilled and, and just dri- driven into my brain, brainwashed with it from my dad. And I saw a lot of my fellow policemen, they were doing what we call off-duty jobs, Jim. That's where they maybe go play guard at a church picnic or a bank or at a construction site, and they're trading hours for dollars. And I just thought, what if I could spend my time, energy, and effort into something that's going to grow in value and somebody else is going to pay off, uh, pay the thing off, and it still continues. And and long story short, I kind of just tripped over and stumbled over real estate as a uh, through process of an elimination and not some fancy discovery and what i what i discovered pretty quick jim was that you know what else can you buy uh below market buy cheap so you get a bargain on it and create instant equity you get uh the thing puts money in your pocket you rent it out you don't have to punch a clock it goes up in value back in the day, and now we're at the bottom of the barrel right now as far as that market goes. So now it's just the, the best time ever for investors to buy. You get tax benefits, and it puts money in your pocket. And then you get those puppies paid off. My thinking was get three or four of those and get those paid off by the time that I retired from my police job, and that would double my pension. And that was just my brand new greener than green kind of concept that I kind of envisioned when I got started, Jim. Okay. And then what I realized, what I realized through, through um, my fifth house, not take it back second, my second house that I bought, Jim, the fellow I bought it from, he seller financed it to me. And he was very involved with our local RIA group. He invited me to go. I ignored him for a year and a half and in, bought five or six more houses and bumped into him again, and he invited me to go again. So I finally went, and that was uh, around sometime in 1993. And because of my local RIA group, and I know you're a big fan and very committed to Cincinnati RIA, because of that local RIA group, which I'm two-term past president, still on the board today, directly and indirectly got me to exposed to all kinds of educational opportunities. And that's what allowed me to pull a trigger to explode my business, retire early from uh, being a policeman. And uh, that's what got me where I'm at today. So it gave me the resources, the confidence, the, 
the knowledge, the skill, the ability to pursue those kind of trainings and do that. But one thing to wrap it up is that, remember, my original goal, Jim, was to say three houses or four houses. And I knew that would be a painful hobby. But in order to get real true financial freedom and do it pretty quickly, I had to have a rock-solid, simple system, a push-button system, if you will, that would take care of anything that I could imagine doing. It doesn't matter if I was wholesaling, doing a deal in the IRA, being a hard money lender. And I did that while I was a policeman. I still do that today. A hard money lender. Uh, I'm a broker. I got real estate agents. Bottom line is this. Imagine having one system, one simple system that is your real estate business, anything you could imagine doing in there. Rental property, lending money, seller financing, refis, real estate you own, real estate loans you owe, loans where you loan money to people. Anything you could imagine doing in your real estate business, it's all done within one simple system. That's what I dreamed about. That's what I envisioned. And that's what I created for Mike Butler, the investor. So I could literally add another rehab property, add another wholesale property, add another rental property in less than 90 seconds into that system. Isn't that pretty cool? That sounds great. I like the sound of that. Uh, um, and the other the other thing that was really important to me, my motivation, my drive was my family. So, you know, many investors, and me and you included, I mean, go back to the days when you were getting started. Do you remember maybe whether it be grocery sacks, shoe boxes, files, <laughs> just stuff everywhere? And, you know, what kind of mess would you leave for your family if something were to happen to you? And... You know, I was the one that volunteered to earn it, to put it together, to make it work, to get the things I wanted for my family. But the last thing I wanted to do, and I trust you're the same way, Jim, we didn't want to pass on. If something were to happen to us, we don't want to put a fire-eating, breathing dragon in, in your family's lap. And uh, and so this will outlast me uh, and my grandkids with this simple system here. Well, that sounds like a... A great system. I was talking today with someone who we were talking about the idea, and I have some clients who have asked me to be ready to step in and continue managing their properties if something happened to them, uh, and other people I know who really struggle with what happens if, God forbid, there's a tragedy. How will my how will my spouse know what to do? And uh, having it organized and structured and set up to make it easy makes a big difference. Someone inherits a box of... Uh, Loose receipts and confusing mortgage documents. Oh, watch out! You could you could destroy your portfolio in six months if you don't know what's going on with it. Well, let me ask yes. you. You know, we've come through an interesting, challenging economy. How how has your system changed, or how have you ad- adapted or adjusted your system for what has been a you know the Great Recession and the impact that's had on our rentals? That's, a, that's an excellent question, Jim, and I'll say this. I've not really changed the system. The system is a core, it's a keystone, cornerstone of my real estate business, and that's what allows me to do anything that I could imagine. But what I have done since, let's call it the real estate meltdown, the financial tsunami that hit America and our economy, is I've done a complete business makeover of my real estate business, including my landlording business. And so we've tweaked a bunch of things there. 
We've implemented tons of new and free. You like this? Our four-letter F word is free, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> resources that are available out there now. And my gosh, it's sort of kind of like going from eight-track tapes to flash drives. It's just that kind of a big of a jump where I knuckled down for about a, uh, it, it took about a year and a half to, to polish it and put it all together. And now we're sharing it with investors all over the, all over the world. And I want to highlight one thing that you pointed out uh, when you were getting started there just a moment ago. And when you and I first hear this kind of stuff, especially go back to when you were greener than a gore, Jim, uh-huh. could you ever imagine, could you ever imagine or dream that you could get over a hundred percent of your rent? No, I was happy that to was fantasy. Yep. You're right. Yeah. And so we did that. And if you're like me, Anybody that talked like that, oh, that's a bunch of BS. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. I'm in this business, and I do it, and I have a hard time. <laughs> and, but you really can with a system. I, I Like you, I was, oh, I'd do the Toyota Happy Dance if I ever got a late charge. But the reality was I didn't have the gazungas to enforce it because I had a big heart. I would listen to people and their sob stories, and they'd take advantage of me. And, uh, and I was a policeman, Jim. Yep. And I still had that stuff happen to me. So when you got a system and you implement that, we never have to even ask for a late charge because they just simply mail it in. Right. It shows I trust up, yours is similar. It's on their statement. And sometimes we still have to ask. And it's still a way. Uh, I'll give a great example. I have a client who's always very worried. She's a wonderful client uh, about rent collections. One of our tenants has kind of been slow, and he had some bumps over the last few months. And then I pointed out to her that we've collected over $800 in extra rent in a year because of the late fees he's paying. And suddenly those Uh late fees, as long as, you know, I don't mind the tenants. I think I could say we like the tenants who pay late and pay every month. Because, you know, we couldn't charge 10% more for that house, but they pay it late and they pay the late fee every month. Uh, and that's you know that's one of the keys I learned from you about how to collect a hundred percent over a hundred percent of rents. Uh, late yeah, fees and let and, me ask you this: Be honest, Jim. Be honest, Jim. Are you, do you honestly believe that you are getting over a hundred percent of your rents? Yes, I have a lot. Absolutely, of, isn't it? Absolutely. There, you know, late fees. You know, it, it adds up. We have one client. Well, she's paid over thirty five hundred dollars in late fees in three years. It's remarkable. So, yes. Yeah, but I don't. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead, Jim. No, you know, we would have never, we didn't ask her to pay her rent late every month. But, you know, there was a period where she paid late for most of two years. And at a $1,500 rent, $150 a month, it's added up over a period of years to huge amounts of money. And the late fees are, uh, and, and when they're on the statement we send every month, they see it. They can't say, "Oh, I didn't know." Now that was one of my lessons from uh, from your system: is invoice your tenants, uh, so they can't say, "I didn't realize I was behind." Uh, I didn't know I had built up a late fee. I didn't realize you got it late, and it's uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't it, it reduce your phone calls. It does, and I'm not yeah. saying I still don't have to chase some of those folks, and but when the when that 
those chases result in significant additional income. It makes a huge difference on the bottom line. And often these are the same houses. We couldn't bump the rent 10% and still get it rented. And yet some of these folks will be be late month after month, and they don't want to get evicted, and they want to stay in the house. They like the house. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this, Jim. If you didn't use that, okay, if you didn't use that system, what what percentage of late fees would get paid then if you had to call them all the time? Oh, It'd be gosh. brutal, wouldn't it? It'd be a much lower percentage. It'd be a much lower percentage. Plus a phone call for each and every one of them. And I'm going to bet that the majority of them pay the late fees without a phone call. Well, some yes and some no. There's a... There's a balance there. My some of my more challenged tenants, or more challenging tenants, we have to chase a little bit, and but we try to avoid renting to those. Well, we try, and <laughs> you know, but all it takes yeah. is one pink slip in the household income, one layoff, someone who was working oh. forty hours a week gets cut back to twenty five, and suddenly a health tragedy. A health we tragedy. Can't stop life. You know the and. For whatever, for better or worse, the rent is often the biggest bill of the month. So if they don't have enough money to cover their month, they can either be late on the rent or they can be late on eight other things. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I won't say uh, I managed to uh, some higher income, lower income, higher income, lower rent, higher rent. And there's challenges at every economic level, depending upon what's happening in their household income. Well, we're about to take a break. Let me uh, take a quick moment to say, uh, if you have questions, want to call in and ask Mike a question, please contact us at 513, locally at 513-772-9658. Outside the Cincinnati area, please contact us at 1-877-772-9658. Of course, you can be listening to us online at wmkvfm.org. Mike will be back in a moment. Hi, this is Jim Shapiro back at Real Life Real Estate Investing with our guest today, Mike Butler, talking about his landlording on autopilot systems. Mike, I understand your lease is a little longer than the standard two-pager people get at Staples that none of us would recommend, and a little shorter than War and Peace. Tell me about, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about your lease and the role that plays in your relationship with your tenants and, and your systems. Well, actually, a couple of things. One is the length of the lease, and it's not about uh, how big and how long can we make it, but what happens is every time we have a school of hard knocks of the the seminar in the real world for example let me give you one just on collections okay it's our common practice to add on the folks that do our collections the law firm that does it they they take 33 percent of what they collect okay and so we always years ago from day one back then we would always add. We give them 30 days to settle up their account, let's say like a move-out or tenant turnover. Mm-hmm. And if they ignored that and played ostrich, well, then we'd add a third to their balance and send it into the attorneys to do the collection. Just stick it in the fax machine and we're done. Well, that worked fine for years. And then uh, one day I get a phone call. My office manager tells me, well, it's Bill down there with a with the uh, law for the collections law firm, he wants to talk to you. Okay, that's fine. I haven't, I've never talked to Bill, so he says, uh, "Well, Mike, we got this tenant so and so, this name, and 
you're going after them for blah, blah, blah. And we've got an issue. they got an attorney. They have an issue with the 33% fee that you're adding on uh, to their balance. And I said, well, is that illegal, Bill? And he says, no, it's not illegal, but it's not enforceable. I said, okay, so what's the deal? What are you trying to tell me? He says, well, I said, why isn't it enforceable? And he says, it's not in your lease, Mike. So then I told Bill, I said, why didn't you tell me to put it in my lease before when we got started? And his answer was what, Jim? I never thought about it. No, he said you never asked. Oh. <laughs> How many times have we been told something silly like that? Yeah. So guess what I did that day? I went into my lease agreement, and I added another paragraph or two. So over the years, whether it was an issue with local government, the eviction process, insurance has been huge. And just coming out, and especially like since 9-11 and the others, you know, it used to be just any hazardous substance. Now they want to come out and name hand grenades, rocket launchers, dynamite. And so we just keep adding more and more paragraphs on there. And it's just a sign of the times. Remember when you used to just go in and buy a piece of real estate and pay cash for it? Uh, two or three, four pieces of paper, and you're done. Now even a simple cash closing is complicated. So it's just a sign of the times. And I think ours is, mine is now like maybe 26, 27 pages. And uh, it just kind of keeps growing. So I'm going to go in there and look and see what we can't remove. But I started out, and I thought I was, I started out with an office depot lease one, once upon a time when I was done. And... I would tell anybody on the call, please don't do that. Hook up with your local RIA group and an expert attorney and get yourself a rock-solid good lease agreement for your town that's legal and follow your landlord-tenant laws. Did that help, Jim? I think so, and I think you're right. I have the same experience. I have an expensive lesson, and I modify my lease, so the next time I'm not paying for that lesson. Uh, my my <laughs> lease, uh, year after year, it gets longer. And things happen, and I, you know, I'm far more likely to be adding things than than deleting things. So I totally agree. Uh, and especially since local government's been all over, uh, they're having a shortfall on their revenue, and so who do they want to attack? Property owners. So now it, it's kind of like Gestapo, at least in my town, where they'll ride around, and if a tenant has a grass that's taller than six inches, or or they got two wheels on the driveway and two wheels off the driveway, or they set the garbage out at the wrong time in the wrong containers. Like some of these things, $100 on-the-spot fine. Some of them $500 on-the-spot fine. And so what I added into my rental agreement, Jim, is any city citation or fine that comes out that is a result of their, you know, it's tenant-caused, then they, they, they get charged 125% of the fine. Okay, that sounds like a, that sounds like a great strategy. Uh, yep. Again, those are the keys to because otherwise, if you're paying a hundred dollar fine because they didn't mow the lawn, making that hundred percent of of potential collected rents isn't going to happen because they're paying a hundred dollars out of pocket and the tenant says oh, it's not my fault. So I, you know, you're right. Those are the those are the, exactly the kind of things we all modify our leases yeah. to to add in. You know, the, after you they cause them to grow. Right. Uh, how do you handle, uh, are you taking, uh, payments online? Do you have an online payment? So people want to pay their rent with credit card or PayPal. Do you have a way to do that? Uh, 
wow, that's an interesting question. And I have been approached by a number of folks, probably just like you, to try this or try that because it's the best thing since sliced bread. But I've not found the perfect solution. And to give you an example, there's one that was recommended by another fellow that you and I both know. I gave them a shot, and here's what was happening. Yeah, they could do online payments and do bi-weekly or bi-monthly or weekly, do those payments. And we would get an email that showed that a dollar amount went in there, but there was nothing to reference it to any tenant or property. So we got a dollar amount. So how many properties do you think we got rented for seven ninety nine? Right. That's so a tough one. You couldn't flag it to a tenant's register or flag it to a property. And then worse yet, they took six to eight days to get it put in our bank account. So I canceled that one. But one thing I will tell you that I'm using is uh, is, is the Internet, guys, you got to get involved with that. No longer is it your business card in the sky. you got to make that interactive. We're down to zero, next to zero vacancies, Jim, and it all comes in off of our website. And with our website, here's what they do. They can look at the homes. They can take a tour of the homes. they got a video of the home, drive down the street with Google Maps and all this stuff, see all the frequently asked questions. Then when they're ready, they can go online, boom, pay their application fee, and then that immediately takes them to a fill-in-the-blank online form, or they can print out the PDF and handwrite it and fax it in. And, uh, guys, you've got to have that because we're getting applications, Jim, three in the morning, four in the morning. You're not doing that when you got that cell phone glued to your head in the grocery store. Right. Absolutely. So and, you're saying they pay the application fee right off the website? Yes, they pay right on the website. They can do a deposit to hold. We've even had them make a substantial payment. We can take, like, up to $5,000 if they want to do a rent with option to buy. We can zap that right online. Is that the credit card or PayPal? Uh, that it's the credit card, but okay. it's set up. That part is set up through PayPal. Great. And uh, they don't have to have a PayPal account to do it. Now, is is this a, if someone was to look at your your rental system, uh, is the website a part of that system? It can be. Okay. Yes. So, so that is and, a that's a uh, product you can offer. To your to your yeah, clients, and, yeah, and then so like you're saying that you learned this off of me and my system and all that. What I did, guys, back when I was a policeman, I created this system that I could that allows me to do anything I want in my real estate business. And so back around 2002, that's going to go back to uh, that's been a while, hasn't it, Jim? It is. And uh, yeah, 2002. What I did is a lot of people. My my CPA wanted me to share it with other investors and with him and others. But a long story short, I took exactly what I created off the shelf from Office Depot, and I've, I've removed, I made a copy of it, and then I've removed my bank accounts, removed my properties, I've removed my loans, I've removed my tenants. And now it's as simple as that. Uh, folks can plug in their bank accounts, their properties, their loans, their tenants, and they're off to the races just like me. The very same system that I created for myself. But one thing I'd like to emphasize when it comes to uh, landlording, a lot of folks, would, would they agree with this statement here, Jim? What would you think, especially folks at Cincinnati Rio? If you had 20 nice rental houses paid for, what would your life be like? Oh, it would be nice. 
<laughs> yeah, and almost every investor agrees with that, don't they? Right. Yeah, but you know what? That's where they want to land. That's point B. And the only way you're going to get to point B is by what? Starting at a point A. So that means in order to end up with 20, paid for it, you're going to have to start with at least getting one and then work towards that goal. And if you're fearful of landlording, if you're fearful and you're scared and you don't know how to do it, afraid you're going to get your clock cleaned. And the tenant turnovers today, guys, you got to be real careful there. You know what the average tenant turnover cost is now in America? What is it? Thirty-eight hundred to $4,200. That's about my experience. Fact, huh? I have, that's exactly the same range, I would say. And as you get into bigger, nicer homes, pretty houses, uh, those numbers can go up because those big, pretty houses of the suburbs can be even larger when you have to paint and clean and carpet. So, yeah. Yeah. So wouldn't a, wouldn't a perfect tenant turnover be to take the key going from the tenant moving out and handing it to the tenant moving in, and then you have no transfer utilities, no lawn service to do? Wouldn't that be a perfect world? Yes, it would. Yeah. And so what I have found out is uh, when I got started, I can't tell you how many times I took rental applications on the kitchen counter or I did a rental agreement on the hood of my truck. And we were just in a hurry. We had our jobs, needed to get home with mom and the kids. And so we'd say, show up with our rental agreement, say, here, initial this, 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 and this sign here. Give me that money. Let me count it. <laughs> okay, got my money. Here's the keys. I'll see you later. Bye. And that's how we would do a new rental agreement with a new tenant. So we didn't hold their hand. We didn't treat them like they were people. We didn't feel, make them feel like they were valued. And... A good story that kind of emphasizes this, Jim, is when I got a job at the Winn-Dixie supermarkets when I was in high school, you know, just above minimum wage, and they sent me to the back, and I had to watch like four or five or six hours worth of videotapes, then I got practice groceries, and I had to take a test on sack and practice groceries before I graduated, got my green apron, and got to go to the front of the store. Now, how many of us do that with our new tenants, the train them? New tenant orientation 101. Uh, I never did that. I, so now we've got that 11-minute video that we show each and every new tenant. And, boy, you talk about getting some results. It works. We have a tenant rewards program just like SkyMiles for good customers. And uh, those they get to earn bucks and points and whatever it is. That it, and we, how long do you want to keep a great tenant, Jim? Forever. Forever. You're exactly right. You want to keep them forever because great tenants make your life easier, saves you time, makes you more money, doesn't it? Well, and, and tenant retention is the key to profitability. Uh, the, the, oh, yeah. The worst tenant in the world is the tenant that moves every year. You know, that, that oh. there's there's no way to make it. All you're going to do is lose money. If you're paying $3,800 average turnover cost once a year, you know, very you few it. of us are making $3,800 profit in one year. And so you're mm -hmm. you're falling behind, and if you have uh, uh, when I talk to tenants and they say you probably will agree with this. If I say where do you want to live, they say what do you got available. I say where do you want to live. They say I don't care. What have you got? I don't want that tenant. If they don't care where they live, then I don't want them living in one of my houses because they're going to mm -hmm. move to a house that looks pretty. Then they're going to realize in a month, gee, my mom lives across town. She can't help with the kids. My friends are all over in that neighborhood. Why did I move over here? And they're going to be waiting to move out as soon as they can. 
If a tenant doesn't yep. want to live in the neighborhoods that I've got, then then it's probably not a tenant I want because that one year turnover, oh my God, that's a a surefire way to. Would you agree? That's a surefire way to lose money. Yeah, and, and so that's why I put a big emphasis on not pushing folks to rent something because you want them to rent that house. Because if they're sick and and uh, felt pressured, then they're they're going to move. For and here's one thing: you and I were both trained this way. Remember the old days? Oh, well, here's what you do: you say you're going to have an open house at five o'clock. Tell everybody to show up. Then you get three, four, five households that show up. They all race to fill out an application, the first one in, and there's a sense of urgency. It creates a panic, kind of almost a frenzy. And so then they all fill out applications because of the competition, and I don't do that anymore. Now they, uh, we, actually, we don't show properties, Jim. Of course, we got an office, but what we do is we say, hey, how, it's not fun for you when you go look at a, at a house to rent and you got a landlord or leasing agent standing over your shoulders, wishing that you'd hurry up, check it out. Do you want it? Do you want it? That's pressure. So we say, how do you like to walk through that at your leisure? And then take your time. Envision how you'd set up your kitchen or your family room or the bedrooms, living room. And then walk around the outside, check out the neighborhood, and do that at your leisure so you make the right decision. Isn't that a huge benefit? Well, if you like that, it's one simple step on your part, and that is come out here and sign out a key. And uh, it's also kind of one of our ways to pre-screen people. And it works very, very well because if they've gone to that effort to sign out a key and come out here and check it out, they're pretty darn serious. And you might say, well, I don't have an office, Mike. I can't do that. I don't want them coming to my home. That's fine. But guess what? Look at the profile of your tenant, what area, what neighborhood you're in. Maybe you could find an insurance agent that's smack dab in the middle of where your rental properties are. They would gladly do that because then they'd have that opportunity to sell them renters insurance, car insurance, what have you, and they could do your key sign-out form, maybe a pawn shop, maybe uh, a rent-a-center, something like that. You see where it's not competition for you, but it, it complements your business. They're both in the same bubble there. Now, you and I and maybe a lot of investors on the call would never dare set foot in a rent-a-center or a pawn shop. But you know what? They they're very successful businesses. They sponsor NASCAR. I don't. <laughs> That's right. They are a successful business, although I, I sometimes struggle yeah. with what that means. Uh, so I think you, you mentioned earlier, we're going to have to break in a minute, so I'm going to introduce this topic, and maybe we'll come back after the break. Uh, you mentioned your tenant retention strategies Uh like uh, like other organizations do, like credit cards have, or other programs where they encourage people. Can you tell us a little more about what you do to make your tenants feel appreciated and to keep them long term? Well, you know, most of us will say, "Okay, here's the deal. You got these are the rules, and if you violate the rules, first time we're going to cut your arm off, second time we're going to cut your leg off, third time we're going to cut your neck, or whatever. It's all just bad, 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 bad." Well, what about those folks who really, truly are responsible, do what they're supposed to do, pay on time? And those are the 80% that that a lot of times we ignore, but they're our best tenants. They're our best clients, as you call them there. And so we want to reward those. So here's what I do. You go 12 months with no rental agreement violations, no late payments. We give you a 10% discount on your 13th month. 
Now, at the very same time, Jim, we're raising the rent. The annual cost of living goes up 2.9%. So they get 10% discount on the 13th month. They do it for 24 consecutive months. They get 25% off on their 25th month. Once again, another annual increase, annual cost of living increase. Then if they go 36 consecutive months, Jim, we give them 100% free rent with a little asterisk on there. What's that mean? Look for the fine print, right? What's that? So they they get to redeem their full month of rent, their free month of rent, when they sign a new 36-month rental agreement. Because you just said, you too are, and I'm going to say guilty, but you're always adding a paragraph when you get burnt on something in the real world. So now... That not only does that help with tenant retention, it helps with getting them up to date on the current paperwork. And would you give up one month's rent to keep a great resident for six plus years? Absolutely. Yeah, in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, it works. And there's all kinds of other things we can do, but giving them a project, giving giving them the right kind of project will keep them there for another five years. And it's easy. It's simple. What kind of project? You want to hear about that one? I'm, well, let's do this. We've got to, we got to take a break. Let's, uh, let's take a break. If anyone has question, and I do have one question that came in. So when we come back, uh, we'll hear about the how Mike works with his tenants on projects. Uh, if you have any callers, please call us at 513-772-9658 or toll-free outside the area, 877 772 9658. We'll be back with Mike Butler in a moment. Hi, and welcome back. I am Jim Shapiro here today with Mike Butler on Real Life Real Estate. Mike, uh, we were just talking about uh, projects you give tenants as part of your retention program. Okay, so tenant retention program. And you want to hear about a project? Is that right, Jim? Right. Okay, well, I'm going to ask everybody now, just pause for a second. We're used to wearing blinders, and this is going to be way outside of most everybody's comfort zone. So prepare for this first. Just open your eyes and your mind and your ears and just entertain this idea. Okay. And and I'll admit, I was the first one that said, no way would I ever do this. So let's say you got a tenant, single-family house. And they don't, they want to get, they've been there two, three, four, five years, whatever, six years. And they say they don't like the carpet in their living room. And they'd like to get new carpet. Years ago, you know, I was back carpet by the truckload down from Decatur, Georgia, and we had our rental property carpet. And so I would send my guy over there. They'd set everything out in the yard or whatever, put in the carpet and done. And I thought, well, you know, that's efficient. That's fast. You'll be happy. And, uh, you know, I'm a good business person. Well, you know what? That does not make that tenant happy. Okay, because that was our carpet. That's that nasty old rental carpet, builder-grade stuff. So here's what we do, what I do now. So somebody in that situation, Jim, we ask them, so so you want to get some new carpet? That's great. Well, tell you what. And, of course, they're implying that we're going to buy it. That's what they want. They want us to buy carpet to put in their home. So what we do is we say, here's what you do, Sally. I want you to be reasonable. Go out and go shopping. Go find the carpet that you want. Pick out whatever color you want and just be reasonable. We're not going to spend those $60 a yard. We get something that you want that's very, very reasonable. 
and then bring the bill to us. So she does that. Now she's got a project. Can you see that? Right. She gets to go shopping. She's got to schedule an appointment, get somebody to take her out there or ride the bus or whatever, and then she gets to come to the office. I mean, something that you and I despise as far as being a time-eating task on our part turns into an adventure for them. So now we do that. We get within, they'll bring it out here. We'll issue a check made payable to that carpet company. And then what we say is, okay, I'll buy it if you get it installed. And most of them will do that, Jim. So now they hook up with an installer. And so most of us investors, me included, you're going to go, well, what if they install it wrong? Well, oh, da 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 Come up with everything you could imagine. Does it really matter? Who cares if they put it in wrong? Who cares if it's the wrong color? What are you going to do with it when they move out in another five, six years anyway? Probably going to throw it out. You see? Okay, I, yeah, absolutely. Sounds like a good approach. Okay, okay now hold on. Here's, here's where the magic happens then. So now she's got the project with going shopping to pick out the carpet. We pay for it. She gets to find the, in, in a perfect world, I'll buy it if you install it, get it installed. And so they make arrangements with that. They wrap up their installer. I don't care if they get it done free. I don't care if Larry and Daryl does it. I don't care if they install it right or wrong. But here's where the magic happens. The carpet in your home, Jim, do you still view it as new? If it's just freshly installed, sure. I mean, well, I don't understand I got the carpet question. in my home. I got carpet in my home that we put in in 2003. Yep, that's not new. And I, I still call it new. <laughs> okay, so now here's your tenant. She, who picked out that carpet, Jim? She did. She did. What color is it? Well, who picked out that color? She did. She did. How long is that going to be new? To her, it's always going to be her new carpet. You're right. That, you're right. You see the difference there? I do. That's yeah, a, does it really matter how she installs it? She's the one looking at it, living at it. If she's happy, that's what you want. Yep. All right, we've had Isn't a couple cool? questions come in. Uh, let All me right, see. Far away. We've only got a few minutes left, so let's try to move through these. Uh, let's see. The first one: I have a tenant moved in in March, signed a one-year lease, and now she's going to move back to Kansas. She wants to break her lease. What can I do about this? What are my rights? Uh. Number one is it depends on where you are because you've got to always stay in compliance with your landlord-tenant law. But one of those extra paragraphs that I've added in there into my lease agreement, Jim, is you and I would call it a train wreck clause because you can't stop people from getting divorced or dying, losing their job, health tragedies, uh, downsizing, all that kind of stuff. So basically it's a re-rental charge. So if they break their rental agreement, then it's a one-month penalty. And that's what we put in there. Okay, so that's a good system. Uh, I've done that. I've done as much as two months, but the same idea is give them a way out. You know, some people say if the tenant doesn't want to be in the house, we're probably better off letting them go. Uh, oh, sure. It's only gonna, you know, they're not gonna take good care of it. All right, let's keep going. Uh, let's see. Oh, and he was concerned he's moving out in November. It's a bad time of year to get a house refilled. Uh, yeah, and that's always a challenge at this time of year. Uh, let's, uh, okay, we've got about five minutes to go. Uh, what should be the average days on market uh, in a, for a rental house right now? 
How long do you Zero. find? Zero. Uh, In the, fact, a negative number. Here's what you want to do. If you've trained your tenants properly, they're going to give you a minimum of 30-day notice of when they intend to move out, right? Right. So now you get to market this puppy on your website prior to them moving out. And if you do it properly and do it right, they will fill out an application to get pre-approved. After they get pre-approved, you schedule an appointment with that tenant moving out to see the inside of the home, and boom, and that's how it goes. So a lot of ours, uh, some of them never even hit the website, Jim, but some of them, yeah, they might sit for a month. Some of them might, but what's the average? I'd say a week, week and a half, so two weeks, that's somewhere the, between that, a week and two weeks. That's the key to having a system. All right, what's the average length of tenancy for your renters, for your tenants? Ours is, uh, the last time that I checked, it's about six years and three months. Oh, I've got awesome. some 35-year tenants. I've got, uh, you know, then you got the folks, the storm chasers, as, as we might call them, that stay less than a year. But the average is over six years. Uh, do you require your tenants to, this is a question we may not have much time to really go to, so maybe a short answer. How do you handle renter's insurance? It's an absolute must. Okay. No longer can you hope for it and just, you know, kind of scoot by. Renter's insurance is so important today, guys, that if they don't have the money to be able to pay for it right now, deduct it from their security deposit, pay for that first premium, and then tell them that you will service that for them. You don't sell insurance, but tell them you'll service it for them by adding $15 to their rent, and then when their renter's insurance bill comes in next year, Ed, send it to you, and you'll pay it for them. That is your first line of defense on everything. you got to have that good stuff, guys, preferably through your own insurance agent. i got a funny one here. Mike, who's a better interviewer, Jim or Vina? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I won't put you on the spot for that one. Uh, I, never, I never thought of it as an interviewer. I just say uh, each has their own unique personality, and I love them both. Oh, thank you. All right, Mike, we've got a couple minutes left. Can you give us a quick overview of what you're going to cover at RIA uh, next month and at the OREA conference in November? Okay. Cincinnati RIA is going to be focusing on landlording and how to get over 100% of your rents, and I don't want anyone to be misled. This is not just about getting late charges. There's so much more than that that you can implement and flip a switch and turn it on and it works. Now, at OREA, over here, I'm going to teach and show you my system for on everything you can imagine doing in your rental property. I'm not in your rental property, your real estate business, everything. You know, and this is a guy that's never gone to a bank to buy an investment property. I was forced into that situation. You know, it's kind of like being country before country was cool because I only had $1,000 in my police officer's credit union, and you had to have 20% down to go to a bank to buy investment property. I didn't have that. And so I was forced to do that. And and interestingly enough, Jim, over the years, I've never gone to a bank to buy an investment property, never used a hard money lender, never used private lender, always got the deed, always got title insurance. And that's pretty phenomenal. That's pretty impressive. Never set that as a goal, but that's just the way that I've worked. All right. Mike, you've got some uh, remarkable systems. I know they work because I've, I've seen them. Uh, the video that you're you have for giving your t- clients or your tenants an overview is uh, is really special. I think that was a brilliant 
a brilliant product for you to put together, and I think uh, people that come see your see you and see that will will agree. Uh, what a what a nice way to what a professional image it creates. Uh, I think give we're, them a dates and times where to where to come and see me, Cincinnati Rhea Noria. Excuse me, the Cincinnati Rhea is uh, you'll be speaking at our Thursday night meeting at the Community Action Agency in Bond Hill on the 18th from 7:30 to 9, and then the following Saturday, the 27th, you'll be doing a full day workshop at uh, a local. I don't have the hotel in front of me. One of our local hotels on your your rental processes, your rental system, uh, and yeah, then that'll be out of screen residence and uh, fill vacants, fill your vacant units yesterday. And then the uh, the Ohio real estate. Let's see, Ohio real estate investor national new strategy summit at the Great Wolf Lodge is November 9th to eleventh. There's also some additional day before presentations and workshops. So you'll be talking about your rental property management systems using QuickBooks and everything you need to know to run your business. Uh, and with this, we are about out of time here. Thank you all very much, and please uh, have a great week with your real estate businesses. Mike, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you, Jim. Tell everybody howdy up there. Will do. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye.